Posada, slow roller right side. Beckett picks it up, tags Posada, and the Florida Marlins are world champions. No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. We're waiting for the other shoe to drop. We're ready to get hurt again. But so far, so good. The Marlins are streaking. We've only lost two series all year, both to the Mets. So I'm feeling pretty good. I think the rest of the battered Marlins fans are also feeling pretty good. So let's see how they're going. Callie, how are you doing, sir? I'm pumped, baby. We're at 10 and 9. We're over 500. Who'd have thought? Who would have thought? Not me. I think Branton and Spaz. We're here, are, We're here baby. Right? right? Yeah. You know? <laughs> We're going, here, Brian? baby. Good, good. You know, just want to, you know, on top of the great wins, just want to shout out to the couple of people I met out in, in Disney this week who approached me thanks to my my Marlins gear. Uh-huh. Um, hope you guys are listening and, you know, great catching up with you guys and talking with you. Look at your awesome. famous already. Look at that. Marlins yeah. love in Orlando. I love it. I know. I, don't, I was shocked. Just so the listeners know, I I'm, I did run into a relative of one of our our players. I don't want to shout her out or or the player out because I, I didn't get permission to do that. But hopefully she's listening. If you are, reach out to me. We you have my socials and let's you know talk. <laughs> and then for those on audio, you guys need to tune in to the YouTube so that you can see the magisterial mustache that I'm about to introduce. The one, the only, Spazzy Spaz. How you doing, sir? That's very embarrassing. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm super stoked. Um, I made it to the park a couple times uh, during the um, during the homestand. So saw a loss, saw a win. I mean, it's 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 been good. We saw each other. We saw yeah. I ran into Cali, hung out with his family. Uh, Cali left me to go sit in the suites with the with the big dogs. So you know. <laughs> No, but it's, uh, I'm, I've been excited. We got a lot to talk about, so let's get into it. For sure. And uh, let's start off with, uh, I mean, we the last two series, last week, we kind of get that whole prediction thing. And, you know, it's kind of loosey-goosey. You kind of just take your best guess. And, I mean, Spaz, Branton, and I all thought we had a chance to take two from each series, which we did. Not the way I thought. I don't think it was the way many of us thought because we thought Sandy was going to be a shoe in on Sunday. But obviously yeah. wasn't the case. Uh, we went in on Friday. We basically retired Bumgarner, right? Is, is that how it went down, Cali? Uh, yeah. I mean, he 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 pitched he pitched again today, but he got tossed and then and then oh, retired. did he pitch today? Oh, that's my fault. Yeah, he I, called. I uh, he, he called. He he called Wilson Contreras a pussy or something like that, and and then <laughs> it either got tatted and they pulled him or he got taken out. I don't know, but he got DFA'd like a He got DFA'd like today. Yeah. So. Well, that first series, we took the first game five to one. Second game on Saturday, three to two. And then Sandy took the mound on Sunday. That's the game we thought we were a shoe in. We thought we were going to get the sweep. At that point, you go 2 0 and you have Sandy on the mound, we're going to sweep. And then we got rocked. That's the first time we get shut out all season. We lost five to zero. But it took till game what? 16 to get shut out, which is pretty wow. good. And then we, uh, we had the Giants here at home. Again, took four three. Monday, set 4-2 on Tuesday. And then the one that really hurt, that extra inning loss, uh, 5-2 on Wednesday. And I, I, I mean, before we get into that, because I do want to get into that Wednesday game a little deeper. I, I do want to just talk in general about the two series that we just won. Uh, let's start off with, uh, let's start with Cali. Cali, 
what do you think about the last two series? What, what, what your, uh, I know you were a little surprised because you weren't expecting us to go and win both series. No, I mean, my mantra the whole time is go 500 and get into the wild card. Like, and to, be, to be fair, we're, we're, we're close, but we did better than than I thought. Um, we scored 18 runs in six games. That's 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 a good deal. I'll take that all. I'll take that all day. Um, we're a team that we don't have to score very much in order to win because our pitching is that good. Our our, our bullpen is that good. Our bullpen um, is the best. Quite literally, statistically, the best. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we swang the bats well. Aside from Sunday, it was, it was an ugly day, but um, man, we we faced a, a good hitting Diamondbacks team and and we beat them. You know, uh, you know, then the Giants. We had a great chance at the sweep, but we just couldn't finish it. It seems like what both series had in common is that we played poorly or we gave it away the last game of each of each series. Yep, where, we had a chance for a sweep for both, yep. Yeah, where it felt like we dominated the first two games in each series. Mm-hmm. But um though the the second game of the Diamondback series, we you know, we we're behind, we had to come back and we we beat them, which which is awesome. Undefeated in one run games this year. Um, you know. We've won three straight series. What's not to love, man? It's a it's a fun time to be a Marlin right now. What do you think, Spaz? What, what do you think of the last two series? Uh, I think that uh, that there's a lot to be excited about, man. Um, I I'm glad that we went four and two. Uh, mm-hmm. We had the we had the the crystal ball last week, so stoked mm-hmm. about all that. I think there's a little bit of concern that we should have with uh, obviously you know Sandy losing. Um, I was, I know we're going to get into it a little deeper, but there's one play that I want to touch on, which was the one that he hit directly to, well, not directly, but it, it went to DLC and he dropped it, but I was like right on top of that play and man, he was getting hit hard and that ball came in hot and it hit his glove and it popped. So like he was getting hit hard that day and it was not a fun day, uh, for the Marlins, but whatever, dude, as long as we got both series wins, I'm okay with it. Um, so just keep trucking. dude. Just stay over 500. Bratton, are we disappointed or are we happy? Because when you know that you you have Sandy on the mound yeah. for the sweep on Sunday, and then you have a man on third with just one out and a chance to win the series in the top of the bottom of the tenth, and again we don't close the deal. Are we happy with the four to two, or should we be a little disappointed? So you know, I, I... I'm more disappointed in the Sandy start against the Diamondbacks because I was counting on that. I thought for sure he was going to bounce back and we were going to be able to to talk about our first series sweep at that point. The Giants game, um, you know, I'm a little less upset about that uh, because, you know, Rodgers came out in the first inning, second inning. So the bullpen had to do a lot of work. And by the time we got to extras, it was – you have to make you have to score in that moment or you're going to mm-hmm. lose the game as soon yeah. as we let that that chance go by i knew we were going to lose it and then here comes Callie's favorite guy smeltzer comes in and just gets rocked <laughs> and so you know fire that guy into the I'm, fucking sun my god yeah <laughs> so you know i i kind of expected the giants game was going to be tough to bring it out but i really didn't didn't see um sandy getting rocked that way and so, you know, Spazzy mentioned the ball was coming off the bat hot against uh, against Sandy. So, you know, am I worried about his season outlook at this point? No. Um, you know, I'm actually optimistic that we did this well and he didn't pitch well. 
Uh, Lazardo didn't have a great game against the Giants. Um, you know, he was all right, but, um, you know, it's encouraging. The bullpen is really doing its job aside from that, the game against the Giants. Just you can't expect them to, to keep it up when, you know, Skip was going through those arms like crazy. But, well, yeah. speaking of Skip, I do want to get into Wednesday night. Or was it Wednesday afternoon? Actually, it was yeah. a day game. Uh, ninth inning, Stalling gets on for on base, and at that point, you're wondering, and even the announcers were asking, should they pinch run? Did he make a mistake not putting in a pinch runner right at that moment? Now, I personally felt because there were two outs, you can't take the chance of putting in a pinch runner and losing your catcher if it goes into extra innings. But he didn't. But once he got to second base. Then he pulled the trigger. Uh, I'll, I'll start with uh, Bratton. Was that the right move, or do you think that he should have, you know, gone ahead with the pinch runner earlier when he was on first? No, I think that's the right move. Um, okay. You know, when you're talking about a catcher, uh, that's a little bit, in my mind, that's a harder position to, to justify a pitch runner in. You know, the outfield positions, you can justify that maybe a middle infielder with the utility guys that we have, you can justify making that sub, but you know, I, I think, I think skip played it right. Um, I really don't have any problems with any of the calls skip has made since we last talked. Um, you know, it's, it's what I would have done. And so I was glad to see what glad to see him handle it that way. What about Cali? You, I, I, it looks like you agree with skip also. Yeah, uh, down first. You don't. You don't necessarily want to want to pinch run. Um, you know, once you, if you're able to get them over to the next bag and you have them in scoring position, then yes, pinch run them. But, but you don't. You don't want to burn your cat. You don't. Again, you don't want to burn your catcher, especially that we're a team that only has two catchers in the roster. We're, we don't. Yeah. We don't carry three like tradi- like a, like you know most teams traditionally do because you want to give a guy like Fortes his, his, his off day. Um. But so um, hindsight being 2020, he might have gotten to third if it would have been a pinch runner. There. I, w- I wouldn't have sent him. And like, if I'm oh, coaching okay. there, there, I don't, I don't send him there. Okay. Um, just because it's, again, you have at that point, you have bottom of the line. You, you had, you know, Stallings, the bottom line guy, you have the top, you have the, your best hitters coming up. Let your best hitters hit. Don't, don't put it, don't put yourself in an opportunity to take the bat out of the hitter's hands. Um, so if I'm putting, if I'm putting my coach Cali hat on, um, I think he made the right call. I, I would have done the same thing. You know, you don't you don't want to unless you have to. Um, you know, but there, you know, I, I I have to look back at it, but I don't remember it was the eighth or the ninth inning that we had bases loaded, no outs, and we couldn't get one in. After that, it's like if if you can't score that, if you can't score that way, you don't deserve to win. Um, and then obviously Smelter comes in in the you know, in extras and he gets absolutely tattooed and that's just the baseball gods pissing all over your head for not being able to get a guy in with bases loaded in no house. So Spaz, I see you shaking your head in approval. I'm assuming you approve with, you uh, agree with uh, both Brenton and Cali. I'm right with by Cali. Skip. I'm with yes. uh, uh, Skip. Got you. Got I, you. He's my guy. He, I, I haven't disagreed with him. Uh, at, I really haven't disagreed with him much. But the one thing I did want to bring up because um, I saw some some uh, disagreements on Twitter and I and I I was in it um, okay. was that we were getting well both sides were getting just awful calls from the umpire on balls and strikes, and that when somebody on Twitter said I don't think Skip has come out one time to like even argue or even talk to the ump about anything, and then he addressed it at, 
and listen, if there's one thing that Madden needs to do, that guy did not give a fuck. He wanted to come out and just like he was gonna argue with the umpire. And I, I loved him for it. Like for everything that he was and everything that he wasn't, like he was right. gonna get he was gonna get your back. But Skip, he addressed and he says, Man, when that's when he's called that ball, he's called that strike, there's nothing that's gonna happen. You're not gonna change, you know, they're not yeah. gonna change it. So why argue it? So when he said that, I go, fuck, all right, I agree with you there. So that's you know. I kind of wish he. I, I saw him go out at that point, but when he spoke, I'm like, "You're you're absolutely right. Why are you going to get yourself in trouble?" You know, you know what, so, Spaz? You have a point there, but I do want to go to Cali because I mean, I don't know about Brenton and Spaz. I never played uh, like real competitive, competitive college or minor league, anything like that. So, but Cali, I know you played some college ball. I've heard that that gets the team fired up. Do you agree that that kind of stuff fires the team up? So it depends. So. Okay. Okay, it, 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 there's, a, there's a lot of factors. One, Skip All is right. a fir- Skip is a first-time manager. Like, yes, he has not yet experienced going out and getting in a guy's face, and and that sh- may just be a, a you know his demeanor. And he's right, arguing balls and strikes. Um, it, you know, you're not going to go out there, and he's not going to change the call because of it. But well, I don't think it, that's why managers do it. Is it? Oh, yeah, let, let me finish my thought. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so when you go out, so when you go out to, to talk to to an umpire especially with something like balls and strikes that are up to umpire's judgment. It's a couple of things. One, you have to be careful because the baseball rules state that if you, if, if you doubt the judgment of an umpire in that regard, they have grounds to throw you. So you have to be really careful with that. But by going out and talking to him, you do a couple of things. One, yeah, it, you know, the team sees, okay, he's got our backs. He's fighting for us, especially if you have enough for the team, like complaining about it and you see, maybe it's going both ways. You can go talk to him. Um, but also it puts a little pressure on the umpire, like shit. Okay. Maybe I'm not at my best today. And now, you know, maybe, maybe he tightens up the zone. He tightens up his calls or whatever, or you have to be careful because it depends on the umpire because maybe he knows that umpire. And he's like, man, that guy's a dick. If I go out and if I go out and argue with him and I piss him off, he's not going to give me anything, you know? So it's managing is very much choosing your battles, like even on the high school level where, where I coach, it's, you know, you, you know who you can and can't talk to and how you talk to them. Like if there's an egregious bad call, whether, you know, it's a strike three call or play at the play, play on a base or whatever, you know, you kind of have to know who the umpire is and how to approach them. Because if, you know, like with me, I have certain relationships with umpires that I can go up to them in a calm manner, even if I think they blew the call. And I go, hey, bro, like what happened? What did I, What did you see? That's usually my. That's usually the first thing that comes out of my mouth when there's a bad call. What did you see? You know, and then I'll tell them if I agree with them or disagree with them. Sometimes it'll it'll get heated, but you have to be careful because, you know, that you're you're. When arguing with an umpire, you're, it's not like you're never going to see this guy again. You're going to get that guy again for another series, and he's right. going to remember if you have a bad interaction. Okay, now there's a close play at second. You know what? Fuck Skip. Now I want to make this call. So maybe he. So maybe Skip is more mild mannered, and and in the sense that like, I'm not. I he, maybe he just wants to choose his battles. Maybe he's waiting for an egregious call, and and you know, may, or maybe he's not comfortable yet going up to an umpire and arguing with him. That's not an that that's a that's a tough shell to crack, man. Because you know everyone everyone thinks that you know you'd go like watching on TV. You're at a game like oh go get in the guy's face and tell him to go fuck himself until you're there and you realize okay this is a person just trying to do their job and you know we're. You know, it, usually those conversations aren't that heated. Don't get heated unless there's like an egregious call or, or, or an, already, an already sour relationship between the coach and the, the official. And back to what Spaz was saying, Maddenly did it all the time. 
and Kali saying that it has its effect every once in a while. So I'm assuming maybe we're playing the whole when he finally does do it, it's going to feel like that much more, especially for the team, because he's so mild-mannered, he never does it, that hopefully he waits and puts it off for a really, maybe we're on a, on a rough slump, losing streak. He comes and does that and kind of hypes up the team. Yes, Cal, you got also, also, Mattingly is like kind of a baseball legend, so he has a bit of ground to stand on because like I'm Don fucking Mattingly, and yeah, okay, like, baseball. I I, you know, yeah, exactly. I'm Don. I'm Donnie fucking baseball. Like I, I won a million World Series with the Yankees, and one of the best first basemen's ever. Like you know, I can say whatever the fuck I want to you. And there's a couple guys that can do that, like the Dusty Bakers, and, and you know, going back to Jim Leland's, the Sparky Andersons, the Joe Torres, you know, the Tommy Lasorda's, the Bobby Coxes, the, the like you're you're like when you're a legend in the game, you can you have a little more pedigree to work with. Skip was a good baseball, like a, just an average ball player, but had a very good career. You know, and now he's managing for the first time. Yeah. It's not, you know, if if you know you're, you you have our pool holes or Yadier Molina coming out of the out uh, of the the dugout already with it, you're going to approach it differently than if you know a guy like Skip Schumacher. You know, no, just, for sure, for sure. Yeah. There, there's levels to it. It's not as easy as for just going sure. out and arguing. You know, and and just back to to Donnie baseball real quick. Unfortunately, he never won a World Series for the Yankees. Uh, he retired in 95 right before they started their dynasty. Ooh. Which is sad story. I know. Ooh. Sad story. R.I.P. Uh, so great for space. <laughs> uh, so he only made the playoffs once in his career. Uh, go ahead. Uh, so we had a missed chance. Yeah, I know. Missed <laughs> chance at the sweep. Now we went to the 10th inning, and I just had a question about this one play. Jazz steals third. But once he does that, he automatically opened second base so so they could walk um who was on second was it um no the batting king Arias. oh yeah they, yeah they, they, they walk bring up solar. So, right it's, and then they bring up solar and then they walk him because first is open because they just walked so was <clears throat> stealing third base and was it a good move by skip because i'm assuming Ballsy. skip sent him but at, at that point out. you you took out solar's bat it's it's damned if you do, damned if you don't. Um, you know, you have one of the best base runners on the, you know on second base. It's a ballsy move to send him, and, and yeah, you're taking out the you're potentially taking out the bat of one of the better power hitters in the game right now. But at the same time, you have you bring in two guys into scoring position. That those ninety feet in those situations make a huge difference. Like yeah. between winning a game, like now, like you know, he, you know, let let's say Solar, you know gets jammed and flares it into left field or he gets on the other bat and it pokes through for the the you know between the first and second baseman you know now you're scoring a guy or now you, you know with that if if solar comes up to hit you have the infield you know at that point if you don't walk him you have the infield playing in the safe bet was always to walk him and then you know you're you're you know who's that who who's up after him was it was, was it, it uh dlc no cool yeah it was brian it was cool. brian Dele- no, it was Brian De La Cruz. You're right, and, which isn't yeah. a bad call because he's one of our better bats right now, and he he was hitting fastballs well. The the guy uh, the I the guy DLC and Sanchez. Yeah, so you you bring up DLC who's been crushing fastballs. You have a guy who's just throwing heat. You know, I think it was a safe it was a safe safe role. Like it was it was safe to do it in the sense that you knew that they were going to walk Solar. But it was ballsy still to steal with Jazz because you, you know you don't want to make an out at third in in those situations. But Jazz, Jazz got a great jump. He got he, you know he got there. Now if the third baseman squeezes it, I think he's out. But yep. you know, 
Lucky well, I think, you, go ahead, Brian. Well, I think the other part about that move, too, is, you know, had Rodgers gone six, seven innings and we didn't dip into the bullpen the way we did, would Skip have felt like, I need to make this move because this game can't go any further? Because, you know, and, and you know, had that run come in, we would have won the game. And, you know, it all fell apart when we went to the 11. So, you know, is that Skip saying, you know, it's win now or we're not going to win, which is that, what ended up happening. Point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Super good point. Spaz? And, oh, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Spaz. No, no, you're you're good. Go for it. Okay, yeah. I was going to say, also, after that, you have an off day. You want your bullpen to rest. <laughs> you know, he probably understood, like, if we go into extras, I'm bringing in a guy like Smelter or something like that. So he's probably he probably was very much you know in a win now mindset because he didn't want to have to bring Puck back out he didn't want to have to bring back you know Nardi or Floro or something like that or even or even uh, Brazabon he wanted to be able to win it there and then roll the dice with Smelter who got you know damn, absolutely tattooed sorry go ahead Spaz no 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 I, I agree with Brian man I think it's a different ball game if um, our our boy uh, Trevor stays in a little longer man and. Uh... Yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't mad at, at the at you know the the stealing third and all that. I I liked it. I, I was I was fired up. I'm sure the team was fired up. You know, whatever. Well, with one out, you figure you got to give me a sack fly here, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like you know, whatever happened happened. But I, I think it, it going back to what Brenton said, like T Dog fucked us up, and you know it's not his fault. He got injured, whatever. But I think it's a different ball game if he stays in for a few more innings. You know. Well, now that we're talking about Rodgers, real quick, Rodgers and Cueto are out of the rotation. What are we doing now? I'll start with Cali. Cali, what do you think we do now? <sighs> Pray. Um, if you're if if you believe in a in a deity, I'd I'd, I'd start throwing it up. Um, Marlon's no. Twitter is calling for somebody, and I hate it. No, bro. Oh, they're calling for him. <laughs> oh no, Brian, you gotta tell me who are they calling for? I haven't seen them calling. They're for calling for yet. Bum. No, no. Gardner. Oh, I yes. did see that. I didn't I've take seen it seriously, several though. people on there saying, yeah, would I, you take him? Because oh. he's going to come dirt cheap. We just I saw mean, him. I don't give a fuck. I don't like him. He's better than Cueto. He's better than Cueto. Listen. Is he? Listen. Yeah. I think so. It's not a sexy pick. But if you do it for the – like, I'm not saying that I'm, I'm encouraging to bring in Mad Bum. But I want you to think from the Marlins' perspective and how they sign players. You can probably bring him in for dirt cheap. You know, he could still be effective if you do so it like a hey, long relief. Yeah, you can tell him like, "Hey, look, we'll bring you in. You'll get a couple starts until until Rogers comes back, and then you're you're, you're going to be a bullpen guy." Maybe he agrees to that. But I I do think Mad Bum's going to end up in Texas because they're down a few arms and they're actually winning ball games right now. So that one probably makes a little more sense, but I feel like um, they want to stay away from him if they're winning games. Yeah, but they they're they're missing arms too. But um, oh, he might want to so, pitch in in a big park like ours. Yeah, the way he's so, getting hit. I wouldn't hate it. I just I hope it. I mean, it would make sense financially for them to do it. Um, I think Yuri's not jump. ready, and that would Yuri's be the only ready. person they would. They well, would I was gonna say I right saw now. Yuri's name popping up. I'm like, he's in Double A. He's not gonna skip Triple so, A and also so, show up in the majors. So Yuri's only 20 years old. He's in his second year in Double A, and he's still the youngest player. I mean, he's off to a good start, but he's not ready yet. He's not. He's they not give ready. Him a year yet. or two in the minors still. We're we're in a, in, we're in a precarious trouble. we're in a precarious spot because Sixto's not ready allegedly. Um, you know. 
Fury ready. Max Myers just got to throwing like 90 feet. So it, it becomes a question of what's in the minors that we can bring up. Like, well, oh, can I bring, can I put something out there for you guys? Yeah. George Soriano made his debut this weekend. And then he came in for Rodgers and he had five shutout innings. Now I understand that maybe if he starts, maybe we can't count on him going 100 pitches, seven, seven innings. But you could bring him in and, and have him pitch four or five innings. And then, I mean, you know, it's almost like a bullpen day because you're going to have to get some other arms out there. But from what I've seen over this last week, I think he might be an option. Well, he in the minors, he's he's done everything. He's he's started. He's come out of relief and stuff like that. I think the logical thing from what we have available to us right now is Braxton moves into the fourth spot of the rotation and then yep. – Soriano, Soriano would fill in for for Braxton, or you just you just start uh, Soriano in the next Rogers start. Um, so it, it's it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Um, it's it's tough losing to. Did they have they said how long Rogers is going to be out for? I don't I think they've he, said he's out yet. I saw I he did. Um, he was talking to somebody, and he he said he didn't think it was going to be very long. So he might only miss like two or three starts, which. Well, my understanding is that it was it was a forearm strain, which is the same thing that Lazardo had last year, which wasn't supposed to be long either. And well, it ended up being a lot longer than expected. So what are you thinking, Spaz? I'm thinking we uh we think like when Inter Miami tells us the players out for two weeks, it just give it more time. <laughs> yes. Just hold, don't hold your breath. Yeah. Bobby, where are you? Yeah. No, <laughs> no dude, like I, listen, I I I I've loved and wanted Rogers to just fucking go out there and sling it. Like, you know, and after the sticky stuff, whatever, he lost all his shit, whatever, but I still want him to come back. And he had that really good outing. What, what is it? His last start or the start before that? Not this one that he got injured. I think the, the start before that he had a yeah, really good start before he looked good. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, even so yesterday or whatever, he looked good. Yeah. He beat bat, uh, bum. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the bum. We need him back. Um, I'm not opposed to your idea, dude. I'm really not opposed to your idea. Uh, bring him in. Give me five or six innings from Soriano. Four. Give me five innings from Soriano, and I'm fucking happy. And I think our bullpen is strong enough to do the rest, man, on that day in particular. You know, And then just keep it moving. And you just can't have another – like Sandy really has to come back at this point then yeah. because you can't have two games in a series where the pen's going to have to go deep. So that's kind of where you run that risk is do you have confidence that Sandy's going to come back? And, you know, Cabrera's look good at the last two starts, but if he starts having control issues again, then you're kind of risking your pen. So, you know, that that's probably where a rumor like Baumgartner or, or maybe going outside of the system comes from. It's just, you know, well, it's risky to, to have a guy who can only go five innings. With, with that smooth transition to Sandy, what the F? What exactly is going on with Sandy? He's been out there four games. He had that one complete dominance uh, against who was it? Was it the Twins? That that 100-pitch complete shutout. At the other three games, he has not looked good. Now, I know last week we had this question, and I said, is it going to be time to worry if on Sunday he doesn't look good? For the most part, everybody agreed, eh, maybe we start to consider it, but we still don't worry. But seeing how he got lit up early, are we there yet? Are we worried? Um, so 
What's concerning about Sandy is is not the stuff, right? Like the mm-hmm. the two seam still looks great, the slider still looks good, the changeup still looks good, the sinker still looks good. It's just he's leaving everything up, which you know that's why he's getting hit. He's still getting strikeouts, and he's still having guys hit into outs and making some look bad. But um, he's you know when they're hitting him, they're hitting him hard because that because the velo will do that. Um, Granted, it's an easy fix. You know, it's working with Mel in the off days and and finding that release point and and perfecting it again. It happens, man. Like every big pit, every every great pitcher has gone through through rough patches, um, and that's okay. Like I'm again, I'm glad this problem is happening in April. Um, if it's happening in July, August, September, then then we're 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 in deep shit. But um, you know, aside from that, let, I'm glad let it happen in April so that by the time you know the dog days of summer come around, we'll we're all right. What are you thinking, Bretton? Are you finally worried? No, I'm not. Um, you know, I when like you it. look I at like his it. stats, I like the confidence. Well, you know, I'm a stats guy. I like to look at the stats. So when you look at his advanced stats, they're really pretty close to in line with where they have been most of his career up until last year. Because if you look at last year, he's, his stats are just incredible. Obviously, he won the Cy Young. So I think if he can just figure out how to get that ball a little bit further down in the strike zone and work the bottom with that slider and um, his changeup, I think uh, he can go back to that dominance. I mean, you don't just throw a game like he did against the Twins, who was a really good team, and then like your stuff just disappears. You know, it wasn't like uh, Rogers with the sticky stuff going away or anything like that. Like Sandy's still Sandy, so I think he bounces back. I think, um, you know, his problem is just getting that ball down in the strike zone a little bit more and stop leaving it hanging there, because um, that's where really where he's getting rocked. But you know, until uh, you know, like like Callie said, until we're halfway through the season and his ERA is still above five and he's lost ten games, then I'll start worrying. But not until then. And Spaz, trifecta, I'm assuming you're not worried either. Mira, el tipo es un caballo. His nickname es el caballo. I'm not fucking worried about shit. There we go. That's what I like. The only thing I will say is that he got fucking hit hard. I told you. Yep. Those balls, like, my, we were at the game. My buddy turned to me and goes, fucking Sandy's getting hit. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, those balls were popping off the bat. So, uh, like, like Callie said, like Brenton said, like, he'll – you know, he'll figure it out. I am not fucking worried out, worried about it at all. He's a fucking workhorse, bro. We'll be fine. So an interesting – I was just cruising through the our minor league pitching stats, and I think the guy that might get a shot here is Patrick Monteverde from uh, – he's in double-A with, uh, with Pensacola. He's thrown 13 innings, and he's given up two hits with a whip of .3 and uh, – Opponent average of zero five one, so and he's twenty five. He's twenty six years old. Patrick Onaverdi six two lefty, so it fills another lefty spot. It might be a guy that they accelerate through the minors. Hasn't had his major league debut yet. You know that I wouldn't be shocked if that's a guy that gets a call here in a minute. That does sound good. You said he's in Jacksonville. He's in Pensacola. He's in Double A. Oh, Pensacola. Sorry. All right. By the way, I want this Pensacola hat so bad that I'm looking at in this picture. I want a jumbo shrimp hat. Yeah, uh, I want all of them. Sky carp, <laughs> jumbo shrimp. I'm so, going for it. Uh, <laughs> now, obviously, our offense is looking a little better. Like you said, we scored how many runs was it over the, uh, the 18. last eighteen runs? So we're obviously looking better. 
Now, this is something that I haven't heard, but something that I've personally been thinking. I want you guys to tell me what you think. I'm not a big fan of our leadoff hitter, Jazz, striking out 40% of the time. Now, I know Jazz is, is a great hitter, but for a leadoff hitter to be striking out 40% of the time, I'm just not feeling it. How do you feel about switching the lead? Like, who do you think should be the leadoff hitter? I'll start, Brian, let's start off with you. Who do you feel should be the leadoff hitter? Are I you okay Jazz with Jazz? There. Okay. Yeah. I think, you know, to start the season, Skip had Jazz as our cleanup hitter, and, and we didn't yes. like that. No. Um, I think he's effective in the leadoff spot, and why I like him there is because he almost acts as, like, when you're into the deeper innings and, like, you've got the bottom of the order, guys, because some of the bottom of the order is getting on base. So, you know, you've got a guy like Jazz in the leadoff spot who can hit for power sometimes and, and can make contact, so he kind of cleans up that bottom of the order. So I'm okay with it. I like him there. Spaz. Um, well, we've seen that skip has kind of like switched the lineup around like a hundred million times, which I like, I mean, he's trying to figure out, you know, the perfect recipe for this fucking sandwich. Look, um, the offense is looking good. Yep. Yeah, no, it's fine. I, I would leave him lead off. Uh, okay. when he did the, you know, uh, where did he bat during the series? He wasn't even clean up. He was like, or what or am i wrong which one, which, which series would, this this past series yeah, yeah, yeah i think so he, he was down there or was he clean up he was clean oh this past series i think he was down there but weren't they facing a lefty oh you're probably right about sometimes that. when they're jazz doesn't hit lefties very well so sometimes they they move him down so that might have been that move bueno whatever yeah. i would leave him uh i would leave him uh lead off man i, I think he's fine there i think he's I think it also gives him some confidence. I don't like the whole, you know, he's fucking just swinging at shit and missing it and he's striking out. I mean, that sucks, and I, I'm sure he knows he needs to work on that. But, yeah, I, I would leave him there. It's it's fine for now anyway. So with with our lead of spot, so you really have, like, two or three options that you can go with, right? So you have Jazz, and then you have Arise. And then if you really want to tinker with it, and we if we saw once this last series, you can put Birdie there. Now, the issue with Birdie is that his on-base percentage isn't very good. Okay, Birdie, you know, Jazz strikes out a lot, but we have to think about how the game has progressed. And people and the baseball nerds don't care about strikeouts anymore. They don't. Yes, that's true. As long as you're hitting 25, 30 bombs and, and you're getting on base, like, they'll take the strikeouts. Yeah. Um, now, so the question becomes, do you put – Jazz at leadoff or Arise at leadoff because those are really our two options. Mm -hmm. Arise OPS is like almost at like fifteen hundred. That like you want that guy up to hit with guys on base. Yeah. So I think by default Jazz ends up as I think Jazz is our leadoff, and I think it's fine. Like I think we're gonna have to live with the strikeouts. He has twenty nine strikeouts already this season, which which is a, a lot. Um, 29 in a month is, is substantial. That's that's nothing to scoff at. He's the next closest is 19 with Coop, um, but his OPS is 709, which isn't bad. You know he's slugging 412. You know he started off slow, but he's hitting 235 now. He he's he's putting barrel he's putting barrels on you know on the bat, and he's got 16 hits, man. He's he's fourth on our team in hits, tied with tied with Solar. You know. Unfortunately, it's just that's just a, a byproduct of having a guy like Jazz in the leadoff spot. It's you know we don't have a real true leadoff. 
Um, you know, in, in an ideal world, Jazz would probably be a great two-hole type of guy or, or you know, like a five-hole type of guy because um, he, he's a guy that can't that can hit for pop and you can find the gap and he's fast. Um, but, yeah, it's just it, – it, it's not for anything. It's just lack of options. You, you either throw – you want a guy that gets on base. You want a guy that gets on base as your leadoff, as one and two. Um, I love – I love hitting Cooper second, and then a guy. So like do I. Third. I love Cooper. Um, yeah. I, lo- I love. I love how baseball's changed that you, you kind of throw a power guy into that second spot after you have mm-hmm. a guy that can get on base in the first spot. So you know the the top five. Like I appreciate Skip kind of tinkering and experimenting and see what works, but in, in terms of leadoff, like I just don't think we have options unless you do like that weird thing where you just hit the catcher first, so you throw Fortes or Stallings and just kind of get it out of the way. No, you know, no. but that's 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 really the only other option, right? No. Like, you know, uh, I I would like if if it were up to me, obviously, I would switch Arise and um and Jazz, and I'd have Jazz batting at the three and Arise leading off. I, I I just like if you can get on base, I want whoever gets on base most to lead off that inning. I mean, obviously, that's just the first inning. After that, it doesn't really matter. But and then I have Coop, which is our second best hitter as of right now coming up after him and then jazz being protected by solar in the cleanup. I, that's the lineup that I would like. So let me, let me respond to that with a question. Go for All it. Right. Would you rather jazz strike out to lead off the game or would you rather have jazz strike out with guys on second and third? That's my thought. Um, I mean, if we're talking the first inning, there's zero out. So I take my chances. Yeah. That, I mean, that, that's my thing. Like, if if we have guys in position, like, do you want to do you want to get the guy that's going to strike out the most on this team, like, with but, up with guys in wait, position, you know? But and, that, and that's wait, the thing. Like, when, when wait, so wait, wait. remember, Jazz leading off, he's going to hit after the back end of the lineup. So Jazz is going to have several innings where he's leading off or he's the second guy. Up. Right, 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 right. You know, I'd rather have that guy strike out than you know we have Arise get on, then we have Coop get on, and then we have to have. Jazz come up, and if if you know by the numbers he's going to be a big strikeout guy, that's not a guy I want up with with guys in position. I, I get you. I guess my thought process is more of I feel like if there's men on base, Jazz is up, and you know you have Solar behind them, he's not going to get pitched around as much. Like he's going to see a lot more balls in the strike zone, and he's been striking out so much that I think he needs that because when he has nobody on base. And he, there's nobody on base, and you have Coop behind them. Like you, you could pitch around them, and obviously it's working because he's striking out 40 percent of the time. So I'm just thinking more of a protecting him. So let me put it. Let me put. It, and I'm sorry to hijack this conversation. Just, I no, have, no, go I, for I, it. I have the coach Cali hat on. Go for so it. Go for let, it. Let's say Arise gets a knock. Coop gets a right. knock. You have a guy on first and second. Yes. All right. Then you have Jazz come up. Let's say he strikes out. Now you have Solar up. That's very much, you know, as, as much as he's smashing the ball right now, he's very much a boomer bus guy. That guy's going to put the ball 450 feet or he's going to roll over to the shortstop. Mm-hmm. So now you're putting yourself in a position that you have a guy that's going to strike out and you you have a guy that's going to hit into a lot of double plays this year. It's going to hit into a lot of ground ball outs this year. And now your inning's over. So these are all okay. the metrics that we have to kind of line up with and say, like, okay, what, like, you know, is the juice worth the squeeze? I, I get what you're saying, but as far as Jazz goes, what where do you think he's better suited for success? Do you think he's better suited with no men on base where they can just pitch around him and obviously he's striking out at a higher rate? Or when he ha- when you have men on base and you know that you got the power hitter behind him where you might want to throw the ball in the strike zone a little more often? Like that's that's what my question is. And again, I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just asking. That That's my thought process. What I would like to see is, and this is obviously something I'd have to, I'd have to do you know, some research on it. We have to see the metrics on it. Is 
where in the lineup is Jazz getting on base the most? That's a good that, that you is, know, uh -huh. and, and uh, you know, obviously they have ner nerds working for the Marlins that figure all that out. But sure. if, if it's me, I I want a guy like Jazz leading off because yeah, he's going to strike out a lot, but he's also going to get a, get on base a lot. His his again his his on base percentage is high. That's a guy I want up. Okay, now I want a guy with Coop that can find a gap and move him over. Then I want a guy like Arise that can come behind him, and he's going to put and, and Arise doesn't strike out. You know, Arise has four strikeouts this year in sixty four at bats. I can't believe he's on my baseball team. Fucking amazing. He has four Enjoy. strikeouts. You only got it for like another 150 games only. Bro, if we, get, if, if, we keep him past, if we keep him past July, I'm going to be thrilled, to be honest yeah. with you. But Give him the money. Right. Okay, yeah, like I, I handle wish. a blank check. All right. Um, so uh, we got coming up, we have uh, a series against the Cleveland Guardians, which is what I keep saying. I want to be kind of the model of success from last year for our current Marlins because they rely so heavily on pitching. They are currently also 10 and 9, I believe. Yeah. And, um, you know, so they haven't necessarily gotten to the hottest of starts. We have Sandy going on Saturday, Lazardo going on Sunday, and we have uh, Garrett coming on uh, tomorrow. So we have then, then we have a four game series against the, uh, let's say the Ravens, the Braves. So it's prediction time. Pull out that crystal ball once again. Uh, let's start off with Spazzy this time. Spazzy, you, you lit us off last time, so I want, I want to hear. Go ahead and give us a prediction for the next two series. We got three against the Guardians, four against the Braves, which obviously are uh, NOE's favorites. What are you feeling? Dude, um, so I think I've said this before, uh, that when I was uh, before the Marlins, I followed the Braves. I have no reason to hate the Braves. But the Braves are also a fucking very strong team. Mm -hmm. so, yes, they are. <laughs> so I'm happy we're, we're on the road. What is it? Seven games. Can't be 500. Um, I'm happy coming back three and four, man. Uh, it's okay. The, the break, That'll leave us at 500, which is where we're trying to be. Yeah. yeah. That I'm happy coming back three and four. Um, hopefully Sandy sets the tone, fucking gets shit done on his day, but three and four, I'm fucking over the moon, dude. Uh, going to that park and, and with the Braves, it's, it's tough. Uh, Brian. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think three and four is probably our best case scenario on this road trip. Um, you know, I don't know what kind of Sandy we're going to get back. It wouldn't surprise me to see us go two and five in this road trip, depending on how Sandy responds. But I do think we'll come back against the Cubs pretty strong being back at home. So I, you know, I'll be, I'll say three and four. And Cali. All right. Uh, so if if we're looking if by the numbers, um, Cleveland's only hitting 231 as a team. Um, they have three decent hitters in, in guys like Naylor, uh, Miles uh, Miles Straw, who's who's their best hitter right now, and, and a speed guy. Jose Ramirez is obviously always a threat. You know, but the rest of their lineup really isn't hitting, and and I think this is a a, a time that we we can capitalize. Um, you know, I know asking for a sweep on the road is a big ask. Um, you know, but I think we can take two. I think we can definitely take two from from the the Guardians if we have Sandy and uh, Sandy and Lazardo go. And Lazardo, you know, I I love our chances against a, a team that's that's really struggling with the bat right now. The Braves are the Braves, um, one of the best lineups, 
arguably the best lineup in baseball right now. Um, they they smash, you know they they, they don't do a whole lot poorly. Um, you know they're top five uh, in average as a team. You know it, it's you know it, it's going to be tough. I think if we can if we can split the series, that would be massive. Uh, you know. I think if we can, I think if we can go three and four, four and three, I think that's that's a solid series for us. Well, we see our old friend, right? We see Ozuna uh, against the Braves. Yeah, Ozuna. I don't, I don't know if we're gonna see him. Ozuna's Ozuna's uh, he's he's running into some trouble. Oh wait, mm-hmm. he's still suspended from all that. No, no, no. He's just not hitting. He's just not. Oh, he's not? Okay, but we yeah, see him. No, no I, I was hearing people saying that we should trade Osuna for uh, Aviseo Garcia. Oh, my God. Yeah, don't listen to Martin's Twitter, bro. Again, like I told Brent, don't <laughs> bro, don't listen to Martin. I'm gonna, probably going to get heat for this, but don't listen to Martin's Twitter, bro. Listen, I would trade Avi for anything. Um, Give me a cooler Mar- Gatorade. I'll take it. Uh, Marcelo Zuna is hitting a staggering 083 right now. He somehow find he somehow find found a way to be worse than than Avi. Um, so, listen to Martin. That's Swift. why I said let's get the Gatorade. We don't need Azuna. <laughs> but the the in in that in the spirit of that, they have Ronnie Acuna hitting three sixty seven with you know three bombs. Matt Olson has six bombs. Austin Riley, Sean Murphy. You know, Ozzy Albies, like they're they're this team is really fucking good, man. The, yeah, the Braves are the Braves are really good, man. Like I, that's why I think if we if we can take two from them, that's huge. Will we take two from them um, over there in Atlanta? I think it we'll depends see. on what Sandy we get. Yeah, well, we get Sandy Coming the last game of the series. series. Yeah, we get Sandy the last game of that series, and um, so I think that um. Coming up with Sandy playing twice, I haven't lost hope in Sandy. I like we thought last Sunday, and we both ate our words, or all, everybody that predicted he would get back strong ate our words. I'm gonna predict it again. I think he finally comes back strong, two outings, and we ride him to two victories. Lazardo helps us win another one against the Guardians. That'll be three wins, and Garrett tomorrow surprises us and gets us that fourth win. I think we go four and three. In the next seven, we take one from the Braves and we sweep Cleveland. And, hey, and that's kind of, that would be awesome. That, that's, that, that's, that's, that's what I'm going to first sweep. Look, we had a chance at sweeping. Uh, I'm, I'm blanking right Both now. We teams, the Diamondbacks and the, the Diamondbacks Giants. and then the Giants. And we let that slip through our fingers. I think we get a chance against against, against the, in, the the Guardians. And I think we get it. I mean, obviously, tomorrow's the biggest test because it's Garrett. But after that, we have Sandy, which. I think we haven't lost trust in Lazardo after that. If we take those three, all we need is one from the Braves, and we stay right above 500, which is where we want to be, right? 86 like wins that. is the goal. 86 wins. That's what I'm saying all year. 86 is the goal. Can all I right. just uh, – what, Go, what, go, what, go, go. Go ahead. Yeah. So, uh, Onyo, uh, what's his name? The dude who's hitting for the for the Braves, Onyo. Ronnie Acuna? Acuna. Historically, just a crybaby. Especially against the Marlins, because he had some issues with a with a, a pitcher or two. Can we take bets if he's gonna cry against the? Oh, this pitch was too high. He had that famous tweet. They have to uh, they have to throw at me because they can't uh, strike me out. All this shit. I don't Does remember that tweet. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, he he he's he's kind of had that relationship with the Marlins, but he does not like us, dude. He's a crybaby. No, we don't like balling. him. 
Yo, he can, he, he can cut guys. He can oh, come yeah. whatever the fuck he wants. Like if he was, says, "I want to play for the Marlins," I want that fucking guy on the team. That guy's. <laughs> We're never gonna pay top, him. He has <laughs> a top five player in baseball. He can do whatever the fuck he wants, man. Predictions: Will he pull some shit like that against the Marlins now? Yes, if we're winning, yes. Okay, for sure. I mean, it, it, it. Baseball players are are prone to complain about balls and strikes, regardless. So if he doesn't like us, for sure, he's gonna do it. Yeah, especially at especially at home. Yeah. All right. You All right. So, going around the league, let's start with Sad Max. Sad Max going ahead and he got ejected for using uh, a foreign substance. Supposedly it was rosin on his hands. They went to the mound in the third inning. They checked. They said he had to take it off at the end of the third inning. He went. Supposedly he washed it off with uh, hand sanitizer or something. I don't know. And then he said he reapplied it before going back. And when he got on there, they checked him again. And they said it was still too much. And he got ejected from the game. So before I ask for your opinions, it is supposedly in the rule book illegal to put rosin on your hands before you're on the mound. You have to do it only while you're on the mound. So just based off of that, he was going against the rules, and he openly admitted it post-game. So he openly admitted that he went, did something that was against the rules. Now I ask you guys, what is your opinion on this Sad Max ordeal? I'll start with uh, Cali. No, Cali. Cali's like this. Cali's like this, right? Now. I know. I saw Sal it. I'll say that I, I don't dislike Max Scherzer. In fact, he's one of my favorite players to watch. I hate that he's on the Mets right now. I hate it so much that he's on the Mets right now. Um, now, the rules are the rules, right? So you knew you break the you know you knew you broke the rule, you're gonna get tossed for it, you're gonna get the suspension, you're gonna get the fine. Like you know the rules. Now, I should indicate that since the 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 sticky stuff rule became came into effect, the same umpire has caused every single ejection for it. Same umpire. What? So yeah. It's only been one umpire? Yeah. One umpire. So no yeah. So that being said, you know this guy has a reputation for for being a stickler about this. You can't do that dumb shit. Um, now, as a coach, like obviously, like you know, you're gonna look for every competitive advantage you can. And if you have some rosin in the dugout, you're you're gonna put a little on your fingers. You're gonna put a little on your glove. All that fun stuff. All right. Um, but so technically, the rule is once you apply a foreign substance to your hand, you have to wipe. So you have to wipe off your shirt or your pants or something like that, and then you can touch the ball. Even if you pick up rosin, like you pick up the rosin bag, you play with it, and you go to grab the ball immediately, that's that's breaking the rule, and you can get tossed for that, even in high school. So you have to apply the the, the stuff, and then you have to you have to wipe. And then you see some guys that keep it on their hat and stuff like, and like, right, right, right. like that too. Now, um, it sucks. Like, you know, obviously, like, Scherzer's a, a fun guy to watch, and, and you want to see him pitch. I think it's great for us. Like, good, that's – 10 games, that's two starts that he's going to miss, plus the one he missed uh, uh, earlier. You know, that, that bodes well for us. Um, you know, How stupid sure. are the Mets to sign two 40-year-old as their aces? They're both pretty fucking good, though, man. That's 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 <laughs> the thing. They're old, oh, they're old as shit. They're not going to do anything. That's fine. Yeah, but they're in a win-now mindset, so I get it. And Scherzer's a guy that's uh, that's a fuck. Like, they both – like, Scherzer and Verlander still fucking shove, bro. Like, Scherzer's still throwing 98 in the seventh. Like, that's – you know, and Verlander too, man. Like, those are guys that you you take – I think you you pay and take away for on. And, and you know what? Pitchers are kind of becoming – like, elite pitchers are kind of, kind of becoming like elite quarterbacks that you can play to your – 
late thirties into your early forties and shit, you know, but especially with the way like the training games anymore. Yeah. And also how just how sports medicine has advanced and how training has advanced and stuff like that. Like you see these guys again, like a guy like Scherzer is a, a, a fucking freak because he's throwing again, he's throwing 98 in the seventh and eighth innings of games. You know, he's, he's an yeah. animal, you know, now again, great for us. Uh, he's an idiot because you know, the rules and you know, the umpire and that's a big thing. Like, no, and, and if it's something we're preaching at the high school level, it's definitely something they're preaching at the pro level. Like, you know, sure. who the umpires are like, you know what they're looking for. Like, for example, we teach our guys something called a balk move for a pick off the first. And it's to make it look like we're going to the plate. We turn to first. We know which umpires we can do it to and which ones won't pick and which ones we can't because we know who will look for that. You know? So if we can see that on our level, they definitely know. Go ahead, Spaz. So, Kelly, just one quick thing because you mentioned it earlier on. So, Mad Max, fucking legend of the game. Listen, the guy. Sad Max. (laughs) (laughs) He's a fucking legend of the game. He's a killer. But could it be like you said, like um, like Donnie Baseball, that he's a fucking like he's a legend. and He's just like, I'm going to fucking do this because I have been in this game so long. You're not going to tell me how I'm going to pitch. Like, could it be one of those things? I think, you know, no, I think with pitchers and stuff like that, like, I think you just you try and get away with it. Like he was fighting. I mean, he was talking to the ump. He was like, like, super- yeah. And that's and that's a thing. Like, okay, like he went into the dugout. He he tried to clean it off, and the umpire still determined that it was too much. And then after that point, it's it's an ejection. You know, I think so. ego definitely has something to, to do with it. But I also I just think it's a pitcher just trying to gain a competitive advantage. I think you know Max Scherzer would do it the same way as Braxton Garrett would do it, or another back end of the rotation guy. Like he's definitely not the only one doing it. You just did it to the wrong umpire. And I don't know if you if you've been to the game, you're probably noticing when when guys are walking in from the bullpen, the umpires check them before they get to the mound. Yep. So that's a that's a new thing. So what's interesting to me is they did they see it off like right off the bat, or is it something that he went into the dugout no. and then applied and then came back what out? Happened, what I think happened is that that uh, Sad Max pitched for the Dodgers a couple of years ago. So they know him and his tendencies and the illegal stuff that they use. So I'm sure it's them that told them, go check him out. That has to be it. Yeah, that, that too. Like, oh, you, yeah. you know, you, 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 have, you have that type of relationship with a guy and you say like, oh, we know for a fact he's doing this. Go check for him. Sure, exactly. You know, what's funny. You is- wait to see if he's, if he's balling. If he's balling today, he's like, all right, third inning. Go ahead, go check that guy. Yeah, I, I, forgot, I forgot who he was with. when he was, Maybe it was when he was with, with the Nationals. Like, they uh they went to go check him and he just started taking off all his clothes out of frustration. Like dropped his pants, <laughs> took off that. his jersey. Is that oh that was a great clip. Really and, and he stayed in the game after that, but you know. Let, let's bring uh, back Ed Harris from uh from Major League with like the 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 Crisco <laughs> and the, the Oh yeah, the Chris, the Chris jalapeno yeah. sauce on the nose. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. bring that shit back, bro. Come on. So uh Brett and real quick on the on the side max, what are you thinking? Uh you know, I think I think most pitchers do things like that and he just got caught and, you know, I think it's a combination of the two things that Callie and Spaz both said. I think, you know, you have to know your umpire and who you can get away with things with. But I think Max is kind of like, Hey, I'm Max Scherzer. I'm going to do this and I don't care who the umpire is and I'm just going to do it. And I think he did. And, you know, I, I can respect at this point, like he's like, yeah, all right, whatever. It was me. Let's take but, my punishment and move on. And I can respect that, but you know, but, it's it's stupid in my opinion to hurt your team like that and do it 
do it like and that. Like, you know that quick, guy's uh, looking for be, you. Before before you, you give me your point, Kelly, real quick, I think it's really stupid, the penalty he got. He got 10 games, which is really two starts, and he got $10,000, which is chump change. He probably made that it's, it's, walking it's out, out to the okay. dugout. Like, it's – what was the point? It should be, like, five starts or something. It, 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 it should be five – it shouldn't be 10 games because as a starting oh. pitcher, it makes absolutely no sense to go by games. And second, it should be a percentage of your salary. Because if you're just going to suspend them at $10,000, I'm going to keep trying it. What's the what's the harm in that? Go ahead, Kali. What were you going to yeah, say? What, what's ten grand when you make $28 million a year, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's when he pays a cut, the, the, the clubby to watch his car during the games. Um, sure. So a lot of this stuff, too, when you see pitchers get checked, a lot of the times it's opposing coaches kind of pointing it out. So, And, again, it's a lot of knowing the umpire. And also knowing the rules. So, yeah, and I'm just going to use this to tell kind of a funny story from, from when I was coaching a, a couple years ago. We were playing this team, a team that we, we, you know, we should have been beating. But, you know, it was a tight game. They have a guy on second and third. Kid comes up, hits a home run off of us. Absolute bomb. The kid on third gets so excited, he takes off his helmet and slams it on the ground and runs in and taps the helmet. So you probably have seen guys do that, like an excited, like excited, like they take off the, the helmet before they get to the plate, like halfway down the line, especially in a walk. That's technically against the rules. So what I did is I walked up to the umpire. I said, "Hey, he took off his helmet at third base. He's are you he, asshole? He took it off. There was also two outs in the inning. He <laughs> took off his helmet. He he slammed it down and he threw it, and then he ran home. That's against the rules. He needs to be called out. And they talked about it for like five or ten minutes. That is a narc. Oh my god! And, wow! And they turned, they turned around. They called him out, and chaos ensued. And that the coach was threatening me, and all. I'll just say that, like, those are the rules, bro. Know the fucking rules. We ended up winning the game, you know. So, oh it's, my god! It, the thing is, it's like, and I say that to say, you know, you you have to know the rules. And sometimes a coach, again, like a coach, like, oh, I know for a fact, Scherzer does this. It's against the rules. No one really tells on each other. But when you're when you have an opportunity to get one of the best pitchers out of the game in a way other than having to perform against them, fucking take it. I don't know. I would, I would wait to like the playoffs or something to do something like that, though. No, I but you know. do it. You, you do it. Season. Yeah. You I might see him down the line. Game one of the season. I'm a narc. <laughs> Hell no, yeah. I, I, if, it's a, if it's the playoffs, let's go. Let's get him out. I need this W. Skip right, should have done this, uh, you know, when we had to face him twice in a week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, him and Ghost Fork. That was a rough start to the season. Yeah. Um so, and one more uh, little topic from around the league. Uh, today it came out that the A's will be moving to Vegas, just about officially. Um, and, I mean, I think we all saw this coming, right? The writing was on the wall. What do you guys think of the whole move for the A's? I mean, that stadium is bare bones whenever they play. Spaz, what did you think when you heard the news? Listen, if Brad Pitt and Moneyball couldn't fix uh, what's going on at the A's stadium, uh, I don't think anybody can. So, it's a bummer for the actual, like, fans and uh somebody somebody said it today i was like dude that those a's and those colors are so historic mm -hmm. i don't think they could continue that in la they, you bash can, bros yeah i mean yeah you had you had the bash bros you, yeah, so, and it even goes beyond that it's you yeah. know you have reggie jackson you have vita blue yeah. you have dennis eckersley you have uh raleigh fingers you have catfish hunter you have, yeah, you have raleigh fingers <laughs> yeah man like it, it, it's upsetting because it's such a historic franchise man and like Everyone knew the, the A's golden green, and yeah. you know, it sucks. Such man. a sweet it's, combination. Yeah, and man. Look at, and it, 
you know, I the A's are kind of, they transcend baseball. It's a brand. Like, look at how many yeah. people you see, like, at Disney this week. I probably saw 15 or 20 people wearing A's hats and yeah. stuff like that. And I doubted they knew who the A's were. You know, like, it. that's, like, how iconic like it's I, become. And just Is it appropriate that they ended up in Vegas, though, since they're the A's, right? Like, like the Aces? No, I mean, is that going to be an easy transition? I hope they rebrand. I don't want to see those so? colors and the name in Vegas. I, I, yeah, I, I mean, it's it's going to be interesting to see how it does because, it, I, you know, the thing is there is precedent for teams relocating and keeping their, their colors. Look at the Giants. Look at the Dodgers. Granted, it was, look at the Braves. Yeah, but that was a granted, long time ago. Though. I, I, that's what I'm saying. Granted, yeah. it was a long time ago. Like when we saw the Expos disband and move to, to Washington, they, you know, they changed, they changed everything. Yeah. You know, um, so it, it's it's gonna be even in basketball. Uh, look at the New Jersey Nets move to Brooklyn, which is like it was like a 15 mile move, and they completely rebranded uh, not the name but the colors and everything. So I don't think they keep the colors, which is very fucking unfortunate because yeah. Listen, I'm a diehard Marlins fan, but I hate to see that happen to like such a a team that's been there for fucking ever. So that sucks, mm. dude. I'd rather see them play under different colors than if I was like a fan of the Marlins. Like I wouldn't want to see them move someplace else and play in teal. Like that would just be like salt in the wound as a fan. And like, you know, I I know you guys probably following Dontrell Willis on Twitter. He's pissed. Yeah, he's heartbroken because he grew up an A's fan. Like he's Mm -hmm. said multiple times, the A's saved his life. Yeah, if it wasn't for the A's, he would have never picked up a baseball. And you think about that area and how many kids that probably has happened to, and like, well, a big one is now they've lost the Raiders and now they're losing the A's. Like that's a, that a, sucks. Big, a big one that 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 happened to was Dave Stewart. I don't know if you guys have seen the the Reggie Jackson documentary on uh, on Amazon Prime. Must watch. Yeah, he you know Dave Stewart was a little kid, and he and Reggie Jackson would pay him to like watch his car and he said oh i'll get you tickets again like, i don't know we know how to sneak in through the back or whatever <laughs> so you have these kids from oakland that's 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 you know that's a tough neighborhood man those, those yeah. are t- those are tough streets out there and you know you're, you're pulling it out to to take it to a place like vegas it's just it feels wrong you know that's my wrong. whole thing that's my whole thing the people are getting fucked yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, fuck everything fuck the billionaires the people are getting fucked over yeah. the last 10 years they've lost three major sport the only major sports teams that they had yeah, and what what is going to transcend just Oakland is how is this going to impact the upcoming upcoming expansion? Because I know MLB wants to add at least two more franchises before twenty thirty. Mm-hmm. So we we see Salt Lake City making a huge bid, um, making a very strong bid. San Jose has been was trying to get the A's before Vegas uh, came through. Nashville's trying, Portland's trying, Charlotte's trying, New Orleans is trying. So with the A's moving from Oakland to Vegas, I wonder how that, like, you know, do the now do the A's stay in the NL West? You know, do they have to realign the divisions now? So how does that change? So. I know, but we'll, yeah. we'll, I mean, we'll, we'll see. It, it we'll, definitely you know. is a question, yeah. Yeah, it, it raises questions. And now, like, yeah. let's say there's a new franchise and they go to, and they, they end up in Portland. So what, what you're going to yeah. have, you know, like. Well, then like, you have to realign. Yeah, then you you run into it. and we saw it with uh when the when the when the when the Rays and the Diamondbacks came in the the Brewers had to go into the to the America uh, to the America the Brewers had to go into the National League. Yeah, you know it's it's so it's not it's not unprecedented. It's just um, 
it's crazy. It, 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 there's so many things that uh, that are going to have a ripple effect. But of course, my heart breaks for the fans because Oak, the A's are such a have such a rich baseball history. And yeah, they haven't been great and aside from the whole Moneyball thing. And you know, then we had the Bash Bros and stuff like that. But they, and, but you know, you had Ricky Henderson, bro. You had yeah. you know again by the blue Reggie Jackson. You had some of the some incredible teams. They won three World Series in like four years. Before the before Reggie went to the Orioles for that one year, and then he ended up at the Yankees. Yep, you know it's uh it's heartbreaking, man. It, it's really upsetting because it's like, like to me, and it, it may sound extreme because you know maybe they haven't won, but it's like, you know, taking the Cubs out of Chicago. You know, but it's like you know what I would feel worse if Oakland was being supported and getting players like people to come out to the stadium, but because nobody's going out there, like I, I get it, I get well, it. And I think a lot of that, though, is the local government and their opposition to the stadium proposals. Like, I wouldn't want to go sit at the Coliseum and watch a baseball game. Like, that's not something I'm interested in. It is a a dump. You know, like, we may not have always had a great product here in Miami, but, like, you go to Marlins Park and you have a great experience. You're not getting that there. And in a, you know, in an area like that, like, with all that tech money, like, you better be giving people a good experience for them to come out. Yeah. And the and thing is, is that happening. for, for like, you know, you don't have fans coming out because you're in a football stadium. So even when they do come out, it doesn't look great. And then on top of that, you're still charging a lot for tickets. And then on top of that, you you have the fans pushing back because the owner wants uh, the owner wants a, a publicly funded stadium. And the, the people are like, no, we don't we don't want that. You know, like right. you build a fucking stadium. For sure. So, you got more money. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. you know, the owner said, all right, fuck you guys. I'm not getting my public stadium. And it's the same thing with the Sonics and, and you know, a couple other historic franchises that ended up having to leave where they're at because, you know, billionaire be, was being a billionaire and they, For sure. you know, they wanted to that's, stomp their feet. That's, and how they, that's how they become a billionaire. That's how they stay a billionaire. Yeah. So it's, it's upsetting. Uh, it, it, it does suck. But, you know, the Marlins are luckily staying in Miami for now. So let's be happy with that, and uh, hopefully that's, that lasts for a while. With that being said, we're coming to an end, but like we end every episode, we're going to end it with a little trivia. So are you guys ready for a little trivia? Absolutely not. No. Why would I be ready? <laughs> it is Mavericks Marlins Fan Trivia. Bro, I hope to. I hope right. God we don't get hit with having to pay royalties for playing that. But uh, <laughs> real quick, the scoreboard: Danny has two, Brenton has one, Spazzy has one, and yours truly, Tally, has three points. Jesus Christ! Uh, some All fans right, so- pointed out though that you should have some deductions because of the amount of guesses you throw out there. <laughs> Ooh. I'm the scorekeeper, so what I say goes. So <laughs> those fans can go fly kite. All right. <laughs> All right. So um, my computer died. So we're going to do two questions, uh, major leagues in general, and then uh, we got uh, a Marlins. All so right. going Let's based off of Jackie Robinson Day that just passed. Love it. Obviously, he okay. was the player that broke the color barrier back in 1947, April 15, 1947. Who was the second black player, which was ended up being the first American League player, to go ahead and play in the major leagues. Hmm. 
And I'll give you an extra point if you can guess what team it was. I mean, if you knew the player, you know the team. So, I mean, I guess it's. I'm going to guess. Or if you guess the team, I'll give you a point. Was it Elston Howard? It was not. That was later on in the 50s. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, 50s and 60s. <clears throat> Dude, I, I want to say this name is just in my head, and I don't even know if it's now or then. Jordan Henderson? Mm-mm. No, that's a midfielder for Liverpool. What? <laughs> I don't know what that was about. Was it Satchel Page? No, but that is a great that guess because he was be the first black. He was the first black pitcher to ever play in the major leagues. So, so that was, was a, a great so, guess. so he was a hitter. He was, was a hitter. Hit. Yes, American League. He made his debut on July fifth, nineteen forty-seven, just three months after Jackie. Branson, th- throw your throw your guess out yeah. there. I threw mine. It was awful. <laughs> I don't know. Satchel Page is going to be my guess. I'll take one more guess in Roy Campanella. No, another good one. That was also the 50s, though. It might have been late 40s, but but that, no, it wasn't him. Uh, Larry Darby. Oh, Cleveland oh. Indians. Cleveland Fuck Indians. You know, I was going to... I knew I was it was the Indians. Indians. I was All right, and, and we are going to stick with Jackie Robinson and breaking those color barriers. All right. And here we go. Who was the first black manager to win a World Series? Um, oh. It wasn't Dusty Baker, was it? No. Okay, hold on. But it wasn't that. It was in our lifetime. It was in our lifetime. Yes. I mean, I think everybody here is more or less the same age, so yeah. For the Blue Jays. <laughs> Fuck! I fucking know! I, I'll give it to you. It, it's oh, Cito, yes, Cito, Cito uh, for the Blue Jays. Yes, oh. I'll, get, I'll give it to you, Spazzy. And, and yes, then, come on. And then he went back to back. He won it, so he's the first one to win it and to win back to back. So nice uh, one. Spazzy. Early nineties, mid nineties, right? The Joe Carter oh, walk off. Ninety-two, ninety-three, I believe. Get the fuck in! Come on! Come on! Oh I'm in last place all alone. <sighs> all right. I got two quick Marlins questions. All right, so first Marlins question. Again, Jackie Robinson Day. You know, he was the rookie of the year when he came out. How many rookies of the years have the Marlins had? Three. Two. Coglin, Willis, and Hanley. So, Spazzy, uh, your guess. You've had three. Three, okay. So, you're all wrong. It's four. Oh, Jose. Oh, Jose. Right. Dontrell Willis. And the year that Dontrell won it, Miguel Cabrera came in fifth place. Then we had Hanley in 2006. Dan Ugla came in third place. And Josh Johnson came in in fourth place that year. Uh, Chris Coughlin in 2009. And Jose Fernandez in 2013. So four rookie of the years in Marlins history. To be fair, I was closest. Okay, for sure. But I, but I won't give myself the point, but I was closest. And then last one. This is just a random guess. See if you guys can get it. How many times have the Marlins ended the season over 500 in their 30-year history? Seven. Hold on. I'm going to say, yeah, I think the yeah. Because he said seven, I'm gonna I'm gonna t- I'm gonna hit the over and say eight. But I think that I think that it's that ballpark. I think it. I think it's less than that, isn't it? It's on five. Don't be googling shit. 
Spazzy was on the money seven yeah, yeah. times. In. That's what the because I'm we've had the, we've had two that we won the World Series, and then we had five other times that we were under five that we were over five hundred that we didn't make the playoffs. Yes, and it this is. isn't part of the trivia, but just real quick, we are ten and nine right now. This is like the fourth time that we started season ten and nine. Two of those other times we made the playoffs. One of those was a World Series. The other one, twenty twenty, when we made that weird wild card thing. So maybe history. You never know how this is. There we go. I'm feeling so playoffs this year. Off, before we <laughs> sign off, anything else for the people, Cali, while we sign off? Um, I just want to point out that uh, I was on Fish Stripes, uh, made uh, my Fish Stripes debut, and I predicted that we were going to go 2-1 against the Giants and that Solar was going to be the MVP, and that happened. I'm a fucking prophet. Also, <laughs> I, I gave Skip some suggestions. He listened. Skip, if you're listening, I know you are. Uh you know, give me a give me give me a small give me a, call, give me a call. Give me a call. Give me a call and I'll sit in the dugout with you, man. We'll we'll work it out. There we go. I like it. Spaz. I'm gonna take this time to say that this is a lot of fun and I hope that people are listening. But I'm also gonna uh give some congratulations to our boy Pablito who got paid this week. He did yes. get paid he for him. and handsomely he's a fucking man. He loves Flanagan's. He's a nice guy. Listen, I hope <laughs> I hope they understand what they have over there, and I'm very happy for him. So, Pablito. Sucks that he ended up doing it in such a cold-weather place. Ain't no Flanagan's yeah. up there. We, yeah. we, we, we should find a way to package Flanagan's and send it to I'll him. I'll fucking do it. We I'll send him a hey, We should just send him a bunch of cups and stuff, yeah, you know? Let's, let's go do it. Freeze some ribs and send them up and... Yeah. Let's go. And we'll send him a battered Marlins t-shirt. There we go. Or, or a battered Marlins uh, Flanagan's cup or something. Like one of those plastic yeah. cups. Love it. Let's right. do it. All right. Well, if you're still listening, of course you are. Why wouldn't you be? All the way to the end. We appreciate you taking the time to give us another listen. This was episode three of the Battered Marlins fans. And we will be back next Thursday when we recap us staying right over 500. Right? Four and three is what we're going for. Even if we end up three and four. We'll still be at 500, so we're still happy. So until then, I hope you guys have a good one. Peace.